If ever your life could be a true crime podcast episode, then this podcast is for you. We're about to embark on a roller coaster of emotions, insights, survival, and stories about escape. So buckle up and let the journey begin. Hello, everybody. I'm Julie. And I'm Charity. And we work at an amazing place in Rapid City, South Dakota called the One Heart Campus. One Heart is a four-acre college-like campus with a mission to create pathways out of poverty for those who desire to thrive. We do that in a lot of different ways, but plain and simply by removing or reducing as many of the barriers as we can that tend to keep people living in the crisis of poverty. Do you want to tell them what all we have here on this uh, lovely campus, Charity? Well, yeah. I mean, it's... Everything we can do to help alleviate burdens and free up available bandwidth for people so that they can actually get themselves out of the situations and the the deep holes that they're in. So um, from case management to other nonprofit partners to transitional living to childcare, transportation, food, um, a wellness center – a sweat lodge, um, a beautiful park, all kinds of stuff. And it was really predicated on, we are the first of our kind, we're very excited about it, but it's predicated on getting people out of crisis brain, which is what you're going to hear us talk a lot about through the, the regular episodes of the podcast. And we know that people can't move forward in life if they can't come out of crisis brain, and they can't come out of crisis brain if they don't feel safe. So we have an entire uh, program that um, we call it Life Safety and Residential Support that keeps people here safe, making Mm -hmm. sure that, like in my case, um, negative, you know, boyfriends, abusers, people cannot get to me. And that's, uh, what was it? It's probably over 60% of our... Single females on cam- our females on campus have been victims of, of abuse. Almost seventy percent of our, our guests have been victims of violent crime, um, and so that safety is the biggest thing. And so we make them feel safe. We provide all these services and basic needs, so then they don't have to be in survival mode anymore. And then it's like, oh my gosh, what can I do? Right. And they start to develop these amazing plans and really dare to dream. Mm-hmm. And and we support them as long as they are doing the work. Um, you want to talk about some of the success stories we've seen? Ooh, there's lots of good ones. Um, we had a young woman uh, early in 2023 who was probably one of our first graduates of the year. Um, not everybody gets to that graduate status, so that is it's a little bit, dare I say, elite, if you will, just because, uh, again, we have lots of success stories, but to get to that highest level of of um, having met a certain percentage of goals, uh, leaving here with steady income and permanent housing options, that's a big one. So when all of those things um, can can be wrapped up in a bow before you leave our campus, uh, we give you that graduate title. And, and one of the young women here, I, I remember her care coordinator said, you know, when she first started young woman, early 20s, single, that does make it a little bit easier to get to a living wage, right? And to be able to uh, find housing because maybe you don't have uh, child care to worry about and some and just paying for the expense that kids are these days. Um, but she said from the time she was 14 or 15 years old, she was one of the main providers for her family. Never really got to work on uh, the things she wanted to work on on her own terms. Um, she was able to come to One Heart. talk about why she was taking care of her family? Well, uh, pretty much everybody in her family, with the exception of a younger sibling, 
had substance use disorders. Um, and we do see a lot of that on on the campus, um, people who are struggling, and it's because of a, a past addiction. Um, and typically you're going to struggle with that addiction for a long time, right? Because of the brain, because it yep. changes the brain. Um, and so uh, this young woman, that was not her. Um, she did not did, you know, did not have an addiction issue, but having grown up in a family where that was prevalent, um, it did require her to, to basically not get to be a kid. Yeah, she was working to make sure food was on the table and right. she was taking care of her yeah. family. And I mean, just an extraordinary story. Yeah, not typical childhood, not typical teenage life. Um, so she comes here and she is able to uh, get her GED, which she had, you know, not not ever finished high school. She was able to get her GED while she was with us. She got a valid driver's license. She was able to purchase a vehicle. She was saving money while she's here. We don't um, charge people rent to be on this campus. We do uh, expect them to work toward job skill or educational goals. Um, oftentimes they're doing multiple things at one time. I always say uh, you don't pay to be here, but it is not a free ride Yeah. Um, because they are working really hard. And this young woman's a great example. And when she left here, you know, she had several thousand dollars in savings and she had a permanent housing option. And one of and the best And she wasn't on parts, any benefits. She wasn't on any benefits. And actually what I find to be the best part of the story is that she inspired her dad to go back and try to work toward his GED as well. And so we, when, before even this campus was open, we would talk about what an, an impact it could have on future generations, right? So that kiddos whose parents are struggling in the crisis of poverty would not necessarily grow up struggling in the crisis of poverty, that we could change those lives. Moving forward, right? Moving forward. The thought of changing a, a life generationally, but the other direction Behind, yeah. <laughs> had not really, um, that had never crossed in. our minds. <laughs> so that's just one, one example. Um, and then more recently, uh, had a gentleman who was on the campus almost exactly two years. Yep. Um, his name is Justin, and Justin came to us after having sought treatment for um, a serious drug addiction. He was in inpatient treatment and then was referred to our campus. And uh, after he had successfully completed that program, Justin had a lot of work to do. He had restitution to pay. He had to go through, you know, I think some outpatient types of types of things to make sure he was staying on the right track. He was working, uh, but he ended up starting a whole new career in plumbing. He's very, it was, ne he told me there, I never, that was never a job I would have thought I could do right. or had any interest in doing. And we have a good relationship with one of the plumbing companies in town. And um, that individual knew our transformation director and our transformation director, and he had had a conversation where the owner of the plumbing company said, you know, if you have somebody, like, we'll give them a shot. I give a lot, you know, I give a lot of people a shot who with pass, right. you know. Yep. Um, and so he, they gave Justin a shot, and he's been there ever since. Um, and he told me not long ago, you know, I never thought I would have a job, like, that could sustain my 
life, right. you know, where I could, I could make I knew I'm going to be okay. I know I'm going to be okay. You know, it's only up from here. So he's just done a really good job. And the, you know, exciting part is it, it takes time, right? When you have that much kind of in your past and you're actively dealing with so many things um, that, you know, are, are often negative things, again, things in court and, and of that nature, um, it takes time. It takes time. So we do not put a time limit on being on the campus so long as you're following the rules of the campus and you're working toward job skill or educational goals. Um, And so Justin was here a full two years, uh, but at the end of that two years, I'm pleased to report he had been accepted into the Habitat for Humanity program. And he and his family just recently moved into their own Habitat home. So very exciting stuff. Um, I suspect we will see him again, but only for him to stop and say hi. I don't think we'll ever need to provide the level of services that we had to provide when he first showed up at our door, right? Um, And it wasn't without challenges. You know, these things, it was not this quick up, you know, like, oh, I just have like one mountain to climb up and then I'm there. Like it's up and down and back and forth and all those things. Well, we very rarely do see people. In fact, I I used to say um, we're still looking for that one unicorn that only needs one thing, one thing (laughs) in order to get their lives back on track. Right. Right. But the things this man did and had to overcome, mm-hmm. most people just give up and say it's easier to just stay in that situation. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. And he, you know, he is a man with integrity mm-hmm. and he's so open about his story and his journey. And um, I barely held it together during the house dedication. And then as I'm walking to my car and all the way home, I was just bawling <laughs> and I'm happy. I'm so happy, but I'm also going to miss him because, you know, he was just someone everybody on campus knew, like would walk around, you'd hear him. He was just so outgoing and always made me smile, always made everybody smile, just an amazing human being. And I am just so, so, so proud of it. Like I think I do. It's crazy. Okay. I'm figuring it out now. Um, This hit me yesterday when my, so I have two adult children. When the first one flew the nest, about three days after she left, um, I went through this wild, I just bawling <laughs> in the middle of the night kind of a thing. And then with my son, I thought, oh, this is going to be better. But then it was COVID. He was a freshman in college during mm. COVID. And I had to, like, take him to this dorm and everything is shut. And he can't meet people. And so I cried all the way home there. And this is what I'm doing again. Like, it's that empty nest syndrome. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, I need to stop imprinting on, <laughs> on our guest here. Well, but. I would concur. Justin, just a joyful human being. He's and made, yeah. it's it was always super fun to see him, to talk to him. He had a great attitude 99% of the time. I remember one day seeing him after he'd obviously had a very long day at work. And that was the one time I thought, oh, no, he's having a bad day. Because usually he just um, exuded happiness and he well, yeah. really is incredibly grateful for what he was able to do while he was with us. I also want to say we we do talk a lot about accountability here at One Heart. Um, we don't like a lot of excuses. We can allow for explanations. We understand that people uh, have some of the problems they have because of things that way beyond their control, right? I mean... 
a lot of folks who come here didn't have great childhoods. I've heard from many you of our guests. You can't who you're born to. Right. And, and, and many of our story, guests their will say, you know, cycles. I grew up in the system. I mean, I, I never in my life had heard so many people, you know, ex- just say that. Um very, very, very different than my own life. Um, and so we do we do recognize that there are traumatic paths here. And that's part of the inspiration for the escape pod is escaping those negative paths. Um, it's escaping poverty in general. It's escaping those things that are holding us back. Right? Even our own thoughts, right? A yes, lot of times. Are, and I mean, I'm yeah. that was probably... A, a huge part of, of my issue. Yeah. And the thing about like what we're going to be embarking upon on these episodes um, is I come with all this really horrific lived experience. And Julie has been <laughs> <laughs> with me from day one of development of this project and has never judged me for that. Like as the vault started to open a little bit and, you know, when I left here in 1995, I was never going to come back. I was never going to uh-huh. look in that awful Pandora's box of of my past and just here we are here I am I mean like yeah it's like (laughs) you know I remember people when I when I was when I was looking at um starting this you know people would the the people that were interviewing me had seen me speak with um Dr. Donna Beagle and had remembered something and I am like I think I blacked out because I never talked about my past publicly and that was a big theater full Mm -hmm. of people but it did make me start kind of going back and looking and and, okay you know they're not inherent flaws these are experiences these were situations these are Mm -hmm. things that happened to me they were not my fault well the bottle rocket was probably my fault you guys will figure that one out soon (laughs) but the point being also that you can escape some of those really negative things um it is possible um Charity is a really good example, I think, and and most people know her locally as having been a member of the city council, as now an executive director of a new but you know um, successful nonprofit, very put together person. One of the beautiful things that I appreciate is. Um, she leads the orientation for new guests here on the One Heart campus. And so if they have enrolled within the past 30 days, basically, essentially the next time there is a monthly orientation, if they haven't done it yet, they're supposed to come do it. And she leads that. And one of the first things she says is, you know, have have you ever done something that you can't explain? It doesn't make sense that you did it. Something stupid. And you look back and you know it was a dumb thing to do and you don't know why you did it. And, you know, a lot of hands go up. All the hands go up. And, and her hand goes up. And she's very quick to say, I, I did too. You know, I, I'm not that different from you. I had a past not much different than many of yours. Um, and it does make it very relatable and it helps people understand that it, you know, um, even the rules come from a really good place, right? We don't allow our guests to have visitors of their own in the residential towers. We have some people who probably think that's ridiculous. They're adults. Why not? You know, come on. Nope. Most of our guests will tell us and have told us how much they appreciate that. They don't come from places where they've been able to set boundaries, maybe. They don't come from places or families where it's a joyful family reunion when well, they it, see their families. it goes families. deeper, too, right? <laughs> so, like, if we did allow visitors and someone in one apartment has a visitor that was an abuser of, of someone. Yeah, like, sure. then that the whole model 
goes down the toilet right. because if they if they do not feel safe for Correct. any moment in time, like we're changing the brain. That's is what we do here. We create that space for them to actually shift their brain from the reptilian part of fight, flight, freeze, fawn right. you know, to thinking ahead and executive planning and, and planning a life and rebuilding a life. And it is just so cool to, to watch them blossom. Yeah. So we have lots of proof here on the campus, including in our fearless leader who tells us she's not fearless, but she puts on a good face. I'm actually a big chicken. Um, <laughs> she puts on a good face. and But we have lots of examples of people who have been able to escape the negativity in their life. And we will share some of those as we go through the escape pod as well. So stay with us, have fun with us, know that some of the topics are tough, but we'll also have a little fun along the way too. And so um, escape with us every week, if you will.